you're listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 42. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi all, welcome back to the podcast. Okay, so today's episode is for all of you who tell yourself that you need a drink to relax. You know who you are. Yes, I'm talking to you. Come the end of the day, you want to kick back and relax. Perhaps it's the end of parent's duty or you're home from the office, right? It's your time. No hanging around. You just want to get down to feeling better. And you know the wine will do it, right? Because you deserve it. After all, it's been a tough day. And what's so wrong with that? That's what I hear. Well, my answer may surprise you. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine, right? It's not a bad thing. But the problem is that most people don't know how ingrained a habit this is. It's the habit that I want to address. And this thing about drinking to relax is almost like a micro habit behavior within the macro habit of over drinking, right? So that's what we're going to cover today, right? So like I say, this is, this tends to be really ingrained and ask, because if you look at it, you know, if I were to say, so if I this is back in the day, if I drink a glass of wine to relax, right, if that's my goal, will I relax? And the answer is yes. But here's the other question to ask yourself. Can you relax without a drink? Of course, the answer is yes. So why do so many of us struggle with that, right? And what most people don't realize I have found is that the only time when they really offer themselves a chance to relax or the chance to switch off their brain is when they have a drink in their hand. When they say, that's it, I'm relaxing, you know, hand me the wine. It's often the only time that they allow themselves to relax. The only time that they say, yeah, I, yeah I'm just done, right? I'm off parent duty. I don't have to check my work email anymore. I'm putting my feet up. This is me time. I'm going for it. I'm relaxing. And what happens is that when drinking is their go-to way to relax, the actually only time they give themselves full permission to relax is when that time when they have the drink in hand. See how this happens? It sort of one feeds the other. The only time they know really that they're giving themselves permission to relax is when they're consuming. And I see the same thing, by the way, with food. And when you see drinking as your go-to way to relax, you aren't going to want to stop consuming the wine because it means you're telling your brain, that's it, I'm finished relaxing now. And because you have that association when you say no to a drink, right? When you say no to a drink, it's kind of almost like you're telling your brain, I'm saying no to relaxing. I'm saying no to just kicking back and giving me me time. And relaxing and taking time out for ourselves is a real, very human need, right? It's part of the human experience. So this routine, this micro routine is actually not about the alcohol, right? It's about what your brain has learned. Things like when I've got a drink, then I can relax and I really need to relax right now. 
So let's step back a little and ask why we find it so hard to relax. And I see this manifest itself in a couple of ways. The first reason we find it so hard to relax is we actually don't know how to be present and relaxed with our emotions, just to be present in the moment, right? So we're either drinking to calm ourselves down or we're buzzing. And here's what I see a lot, right? We've had a busy day. We don't want to feel stress. We think things like, I just want this to go away. I can't do this anymore. I'm at home now. This is my time. And that creates a sense of urgency. And then our brain leaps to the rescue, right? Our primitive brain ready there to help us move towards pleasure. And it's like, oh, I know how to fix this. Opening a bottle will fix this and immediately. So that's how we have taught ourselves how to deal with stress and negative feelings in general. Now, I want you to think about if you're talking to your child and she come home from school and says, I'm so stressed, mum. I'm so stressed about school. What would your response be to that stress? Right? You'd probably talk her through it, right? Even if she was 80, over 18, you wouldn't say, here, have this glass of wine and you'll relax. No, but you're able to talk it through with other people because you've had practice at doing that. You can talk to someone else and say, look, I understand you're feeling stressed at the moment and anxious or whatever it is, and it's normal, but you can handle it, right? That's the advice that we would probably give. We're able to do that because we are not personally having the nervous system response in the moment. We're like, okay, you've got this. It's fine. Nothing has gone wrong. But when it's us, we're dealing with us, we get into things like, well, I can't handle this and I need this to go away. And we teach ourselves that alcohol is the way to make it go away. So we drink. But by the act of drinking, what we're actually doing is we're reducing our own ability to handle stress because the more we push something away, the less practice we get at dealing with it. So the first way to make stress feel more manageable is to notice, just notice how much you don't want it to be there. Right? Notice your thoughts, things like, I can't do this right now. I can't handle this. I've had enough stress throughout the day. Right? Really take yourself to a place where you can see these thoughts. And then I want you to take yourself to a place where you can say, I'm stressed and it's okay. Then breathe. Then what I want you to do is to start to change your own internal conversation about stress. How do you want to talk to yourself at the end of the day? Do you want to be like, okay, I want to make this go away as I can't do this anymore? Or do you want to be able to handle the stress without relying on alcohol or snacks or Netflix or whatever it is, anything else as a crutch? Just sit and ask yourself this. Really be honest with yourself. Right? You can't sort of sneak behind your own back. You'll be on to yourself. So really sit and ask yourself this. This moment of reflection is really important because to start with, right, when we're in the midst of you know, when it, whatever it is for you, you know, for me, it used to be when I was coming home after a hard day at work, we're only really going to be able to see that moment, see ourselves in that moment. It's, oh, I want the wine or now is the what time for the wine. 
But if we can um, move away from that, start to take a bigger picture and start to unpack it and see how you've been feeling throughout the day and how that really does impact your desire. So if I've been having this build up and build up and build up and build up of whatever it is, stress and tension and so on throughout the day and at the end of the day I'm thinking this is my time, I only have an hour to myself or I got to supervise the children's homework right, or whatever it is and all starts again, then your desire is going to be fairly huge. So that's how we, we kind of let it build up during the day. Now, with our logical hats on, Right, when we're not in the moment, or and this is basically what we do with other people when we're looking at other people's lives, we see the stress is there. And we can even logically understand why it's there, right? It's normal, right? Perhaps I have three children, or I've got a big job, or I've been on the go, you know, since seven this morning, right? No wonder I'm feeling some level of stress and need for relaxation, but we don't tend to do this. We have all this drama about it and we just think the stress is this terrible, bad thing. It feels terrible. We just want to shove it away as soon as possible. We even you know, seem to think it comes from nowhere, right? even though we know that's not true. We might think we've had a bad day and then the last thing we're going to want to do is sit feeling agitated and stressed all evening as well. Of course, we want to get rid of it. Now, the work here is really about learning how to respond to the negative emotions. And when I work with clients, we have this whole thing about learning to um, handle and manage and live through negative emotions. Because in that moment, right, at the end of the day, whenever it is, whenever you reach for that, that glass of wine your brain's like I know how to deal with stress or boredom or loneliness and whatever it is you're feeling right you what you do is you have a drink and as long as that is the habit what's happening is you're actually weakening the muscle of being able to deal with what is a very normal emotion it's probably very normal that you feel a bit frantic if you've been had back-to-back meetings all day right but by uh just just pushing it away and having a drink to relieve that pressure, your tolerance for stress is going to get lower and lower because your brain is going to, with an even stronger voice, start saying, we don't have to feel the stress, Anna. We just have to have that glass of wine. Come on, get with the program. So I really want you to pay attention to what you're telling yourself about how you're feeling, right? What are you telling yourself about how you're feeling at the end of the day? And for instance, perhaps you're saying, I'm noticing, I'm telling myself, I don't want to feel this. I'm noticing I want to just make this go away. I'm noticing I'm saying I can't handle it. But that's the language to start paying attention to. Really start listening to your words and you'll see how you are encouraging and maintaining the habit that has been set up. That habit to push away stress and get relaxation now immediately. The second reason many of us find it hard to relax is all to do with our beliefs about productivity. We can't just sit down, right? We always have to be accomplishing something. I know this was me, on the go, always. Actually, I still am. I just have a different way of of handling the relaxation. In fact, my husband says he gets worn out just watching me on the go, right? But I'm now... Um, kinder to myself. I have a kinder way of of handling all of that. And my current go-to way of de-stressing is to work on this mammoth jigsaw puzzle. It's pure bliss. 
right? All I've got to do is find the little piece that goes, the little piece of sky that goes to next to the little piece of cloud. And it really just lets my mind wander. So I'm totally and utterly absorbed and present and in the moment. And it is, it is actually bliss. But when, if we're not doing that, right? If we're relying on alcohol as a crutch, what happens is when it's time to sit and just relax, we, we literally have no idea how to do this. We have no idea what to do when we're not keeping ourselves busy all the time. Like I said just now, relaxation is a very human need and it's something that I encourage us all to be able to move towards. Now, here's why it's so important. I talk a lot about unlearning desire and I truly know that that is the way to achieve full freedom around alcohol permanently. But you're not going to learn how to change your desire or learn how to drink less or learn how to drink fewer drinks during the week or not at all. You're not going to be able to do any of that if you're not also doing the corresponding work that comes with, hey, how do I relax? Is it even okay for me to relax or do I feel guilty when I'm doing it? Do I know how to deal with the stress and the worry and the frustration that comes up during the day? Or am I kind of just putting my head down and just pushing through and just waiting until the day is done and I get that reward for myself. That glass of wine, I have that to look forward to. That'll make it all worthwhile. Okay, so ask yourself, what does it feel like at the end of the day, right? To just stop work, just to put your feet up and not to have a drink in your hand, not to have the snacks that you're reaching for. What is that actually like for you? Do you even know? Right, it may be such an ingrained habit, this relaxation thing that comes in the shape of a glass of white wine or red wine or just consuming something. Right, and that may be such a long-standing habit and pattern that you actually have no idea what it's like just to sit and be and relax. Now, people will tell me, well, I'll try to do it. But when I do, it's like I can't sit still. I actually can't fully relax. I feel agitated. One, because I have this desire, or I have this desire to consume, I have this desire for the glass of wine I always have. But then two, it's like, I can't shut my brain off. And my brain then is saying things like, well, if you can't, if you're just sitting there, right, you should be doing something. You can't just sit there. Don't just sit there. Don't be unproductive. There's so much to do. What about your to-do list? What about all those things you didn't get done today? What about all the things you didn't get done yesterday? And what about everything that's got to get done tomorrow? And this ever so subtly over time becomes a story of I'm not allowed to rest. I'm not allowed to relax. I'm not allowed to take care of my needs. And I see this with so many people, women especially, right? We're on the go all the time, juggling all the balls in the air, spinning all the plates. And what happens is this grows into, as I said earlier, using drinkers permission to put our feet up, permission to be like, okay, day's done. I haven't got to do anything anymore. So no wonder that when we say, look, I've had enough of drinking. I don't want to do this anymore. It's, it's our way of telling our brain, look, there's no more relaxation, right? Relaxation ends and we know that's no fun because it means back to work. So you can see it's a bit like a pressure cooker, right? With the pressure building up during the day when we sort of want to then have that release with the wine at the end of the day. So let me ask you this. Do you have any idea how to build in little bits of relaxation or self-care for yourself during the day? 
to give yourself what you need so you don't have to stop the day effectively becoming this one long pre preview, in fact, you know, so one long introduction to the time when it's ta-da, now you get to relax and pour that glass of wine. How do you treat yourself during the day when the stress and the overwhelm appears? Do you just push it through? Do you tell yourself it doesn't matter because the reward is coming later? And if that's how you're going to be dealing with the stress and overwhelm as it comes up, then guess what? You're always going to be creating a ton of desire. Here's what I want you to think about. Do you allow yourself to relax during the day? Now, I'm not talking about anything fancy like treating yourself to a yoga class or going to a spa. I'm just talking about little things like do you even give yourself permission to get up from your chair and go for a five minute walk? Make a cup of tea and let your mind wander. I'm not talking about scrolling on your phone. I'm about talking about truly just, just giving yourself some time to yourself. Now, some of you listening may be nodding and saying, yep, I do. I do all those things. I go for little walks or I take mini breaks. But I would ask you this in follow up. What's going on in your mind during those times? Are you shaming yourself for being lazy and for not pushing through? I know that was a big one for me. If ever I would get so tired in the middle of the afternoon, and that is one of my long established patterns, then I knew my productivity at that time was very low. So it actually really was better for me to take a walk and then to stay at my desk because a walk would let me give me time to clear my head and, you know, think about new ideas and all of that stuff. But that would kind of get obliterated <laughs> the, the value of it because I'd spend the time berating myself that I should be at my desk. I'd think about all the work that should get done, all the things I should be doing. I'd think that successful people just show up and do what's needed. So why on earth am I taking a break? Why was I being so lazy? I basically couldn't do right for doing wrong, right? And then I'd be getting stressed at the idea of how much work I was now going to have to take home because I was taking this break, which was just way too indulgent which meant that the whole experience of actually stopping being productive was not that pleasant. I wouldn't enjoy it. So, and it didn't stack up with my image of who I was and who I wanted to be. I wanted to be this high achieving, high producing, hardworking, effective businesswoman and mother. The way I encourage you to think about this is all to do with how we commit to ourselves and what we really want. Right, the deepest skill that runs through this is one of how we're talking to ourselves, how we commit to ourselves and to what we really want. Are we giving ourselves permission throughout the day to look after ourselves? If not, why? And if you are, is that an enjoyable experience for you? If not, we're going to need to work on that. And when you learn that skill of giving yourself what you need, then guess what? It's so much easier to say no to the wine. It, in fact, doesn't even feel like saying no. It doesn't feel like no, saying no is a suffering or a bad thing. It doesn't feel like you're giving something up. It doesn't feel like you're being really good even. It just gets so much easier to change the habit and say no to the urges. But here's the deal, right? There's always a payment to be made for anything in life. You want to drink at the moment because you don't want to feel restless, Right? You want to take the restlessness away and it seems like a pretty important thing. So what the option you're actually giving yourself or the offer I'm giving you is that you can either say you want you can be restless right, and not drink or you can drink and have a little fogginess, 
you know, done the next morning. So you're setting yourself up when it's this kind of uh, conversation where your commitments could be fairly flimsy because you're like one or the other. They're both not what you want, right? You don't want to feel restless right now and you don't want to feel foggy in the morning. It's similar to like we know that drinking doesn't help our sleep. You can read endless studies where they will explain in logical scientific detail how drinking at night is not a good thing for our sleep. But I found that while messing with my sleep, right, so it was no fun, right, of waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning and so on, worried about my drinking again, wasn't fun. Neither was feeling agitated all evening either. So I had a choice to feel bad now or bad later. And, you know, of course, I'd shove off the feeling bad until later because at least it meant I could enjoy the experience now, even though I knew I really wouldn't. Right. And so my commitment was always really fairly flimsy. The breakthrough came when in the end I realized with clarity that it was more important for me to be able to feel a negative emotion right, rather than pushing it off because I was sick and tired of the chatter in my mind about it. So I was like, bring on, you know, the emotion, bring on, so boredom used to be a big one for me. So I feel so bored in the evenings without a drink, you feel so dull. So I was like, bring it on, bring on any emotion, bring on the boredom, I'm just going to do it, right, because I just don't want to do this, this, want to be in this cycle anymore. I don't want to find myself in a situation where I'm reaching for wine to manage my emotional life, where I'm reaching for wine to make my evening seem more interesting. I just wanted to be free of that. And coming to that realization, being willing to feel the feelings made it easier to be committed to my drinking goals, but it didn't make it easier to the experience of changing the habit, right? Once you commit, then you have to do the hard work. And that was where I and so many others you know, fell down because when that restlessness and agitation came in, it was so uncomfortable. I was like, oh yeah, I can't take this. This is why, this is why I want the wine. You know, okay, give me the foggy morning. I'll, I'll take the wine now. So that was, you know, that was my commitment was coming up and down. But then I said to myself, what kind of woman did I want to be? I would ask things like, do I want to rely on a glass of wine to relax? Is that how I wanted to be? No, I wanted to be able to still enjoy a glass of wine, right? But I didn't want to need it to have that sensation of relaxation. I wanted to be able to use my own capability. I'm a very capable person. So I wanted to be able to relax at any point in my life. I didn't want to be dependent on something outside of me to relax, right? Or to help me feel that I could I could do that to myself. And I also knew that what I practice, I get better at. And I knew that I didn't want to get any better at drinking wine. I was already way too good at that, right? It was something I taught myself unintentionally, unintentionally rather, and I didn't want to get any better at it. I wanted to get better at creating my own happiness, my own ability to help myself relax. I wanted to be more conscious in my life, not less conscious. I wanted to be the kind of woman who could feel her feelings and not be afraid of what comes up, whatever comes up. And when I started to step into that new identity, right, this is the future you I talk a lot about in my work, then being willing to feel the discomfort of the urges to drink, right, to get rid of the restlessness, became much more compelling. I was much more willing to feel the feelings and just go with it. 
It wasn't a walk in the park. I had to keep telling myself that I had to be willing to have a boring time, right? That was my go-to emotion, whatever, whatever yours is. I had to be willing to listen to the chatter in my head at the end of the day that it would be so much easier to have a drink and I had to be able to entertain myself instead to, re- to find that relaxation myself. And here's what I found, that as soon as I was truly willing for this to happen, it was never as bad as I often thought it would be. You get to be present, but you don't have this need or entitlement to sneak out of that moment to escape it. So just be present with yourself. We can be present and be tired and frustrated and bored and worried and we can listen to all the negativity in the brain without wine. That is the secret sauce, my friends. I think we think that it's just so dull, right? And that there's no upside long term with this. But what I want to offer is that you're wrong. When you can just sit on the sofa and be present with all the ugh, the net positive consequence of that is a huge life. The more you can be present with the truth of yourself in the moment, the more you're going to be present in the world. The more you're present in the world, the more you're going to show up and create more and enjoy it more. Now, that's not to say it's always going to be la-la land. It's always going to be happy, happy land. This work isn't to make your negative emotions go away, right? Life is 50-50. There are going to be happy times and sad times. There are going to be times when it's totally appropriate to not feel on top form right there are always going to be things happening to us that we don't want to have happen but being able to relax on purpose with whatever is going on in our life that's how we get to have a full experience it's the secret of the universe now this doesn't happen all at once you're just going to need to keep doing it keep choosing to sit and feel whatever it is you're feeling and not drink you have to be willing to sit and listen to your brain And your brain might say things like, pour a drink, pour a drink, pour a drink. Isn't it time to have a glass of wine? Perhaps you should pour yourself just a little one just to start. You just need to be present with your crazy brain and listen to it and what it's telling you to do. And just make sure that you're supervising it, right? Sometimes all these sorts of you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. It's just sometimes something you've just got to endure. So what? If your brain is telling you, you need to open the wine. It's okay. It can tell you that. It doesn't mean you've got to do it. And eventually, I think our brains just get tired of us telling to do stuff that we just patently are not doing. Right. But what happens is when it tells you to do something like drink and then you obey it and then the reward you get from that is just going to, you know, we like that. It's just going to then keep on telling us to do that. But if you ignore it, that neural pathway eventually serves no purpose and it will lapse and it will stop telling you these things. My brain used to tell me all the time from about six o'clock, it was always, it's time to drink. Just pour one drink, just open the bottle. And now it's weird to think it never, ever, ever, ever says this. I can't even imagine doing that now. It's just the craziest, maddest thing ever. And it's simply because I ignored it for so long and it you know, just didn't take action to what it was telling me so that that thought just doesn't come around anymore. It's just gone. And that all started when I never again decided I wanted to be dependent on Shabli to relax. I never wanted that. I wanted no dependency out of me to make my life better. I wanted to be able to relax all on my own. 
Now, you know, I often like to give a little bit of homework. So I've got a series of prompts here for you to think about, write down, journal on, noodle over. And that will help you to see, you know, where you are on this relaxation thing. So the big question really is whether you want to use wine to relax. Now, I will say this totally up to you. Right? You can say yes to that. It's totally fine. But if you do just, I want you to understand, do you like your reasons? Then ask yourself, how do you relax? Are there ways you do relax today without wine? Or if not, how can you relax? Start to brainstorm, come up with a list of things that you could do. What is it like for you at the end of the day to just relax without a drink in your hand? Do you even know? How do you treat yourself during the day when stress and overwhelm appears? How can you create peace and calm for yourself when you need it during the day so you're not building up this pressure cooker of desire that explodes into you know pouring that glass of wine when you get home? Do you push yourself through the day and tell yourself you'll have a reward later? And warning here, if you do do that, you will have tons of desire, whatever else you do in changing your relationship with alcohol. Are you willing to do the practice involved in listening to your brain offer the immediate solution of opening bottle to sitting with your feelings and being able to feel whatever comes up to feel the physical agitation that comes up? Are you willing to do that until your brain will eventually give up offering the easy solution and you're going to feel a far deeper experience in all areas of your life? So that's the end of the podcast for today. Slightly longer, but I think it's a really important topic. You know, relaxation is something that I want us all to go towards. And if you think you need help relaxing with alcohol, you can't do this on your own, I can help. I coach clients one-on-one on exactly their situation to help them um, learn what's going on and, you know, achieve the life that they want with alcohol, however that looks. Okay, so that's the end of this podcast. I release one of these, a new episode every week. So make sure to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. All right, that's it for now and I'll see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.